International. Imagine you're boarding an airplane. You've corked your ears with buds and you're blasting that modest mouse song everyone loved about a decade ago. The plane takes off and you're filled with hope as you wonder what your next destination may bring. Then, the plane lands. You step off. You exit the airport and, for some weird reason, your new destination is 100% exactly like your first one, except for one difference. You're 10 years older. What is it about hope that can turn into doubt that inevitably becomes reality? When I was 22, I genuinely thought I'd be a rock star comedian who sold out theaters across the country. I drew pictures of what my set would look like for my first HBO special. I was a dreamer with ideas and I was doing my best to follow through, but then the plane landed and I was in my 30s. I came down from the clouds and was on the ground. I don't think I was stunned as much as I was disappointed, but I kept asking myself, now what? I've come to terms with never being a rock star comedian or even remotely close to it. I found other ways to be fulfilled. I like the little things in life like chips ahoy and dogs and when I Google how to fix something and successfully pull it off. I continue to perform stand-up comedy and have a blast doing it without any bar of expectation to clear. I find ways to keep myself creatively engaged like with this podcast, for example, and I write a lot. Still, the struggle to find out who I was and what I was and what I liked was a long one. My plane landed a while ago, and I'm fine. Some folks are still up in the air, though, wondering where they're going and if they'll land safely. My name is Ryan. I was a teen in the 90s. I am not a millennial. However, all of my guests are. If it doesn't fit, you must equip. This is the good life. Just relax and let my mind drift. Having Y2K compliant. Slim Jim. Eat my shorts. What's the deal with Aquaman? Did he go on the land or was he just restricted to the No stairway. Denied. This is Ryan with the millennials. All right. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the show. Hola and como esta usted? Empanadas for all. Uh, my name is Ryan. Great to have you here. Thanks for listening. My guest today is Brent. How you doing, Brent? Hey. Say hello to the people. <laughs> hello, people. Thank you so much. Are we going to... I kind of want to hear more of your story. I thought it was going to be a science fiction thing where like... Oh, there's... <laughs> it's going to yes. keep going and then it's like... That is like an alternate podcast. That's like <laughs> when I just completely go off the deep end and, you know, yeah. imagine a world that seems so far away. Yeah, yeah. Um, how are you today? Uh, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, uh, alive. <laughs> Surprised myself. Yeah. I, alive uh, to see another day. Yeah. I got real drunk yesterday and a little bit more so than I think that's, <laughs> I'm at the edge of millennial where I can now tell that I'm like, these are mistakes. Oh, the, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, a full day of recovery is what I need. What a nightmare. Why, why the tolerance is beginning to diminish and the hangovers are becoming oh, a little yeah. bit more, uh, yeah. amplified. Yeah. I got drunk on cider yesterday. That's not anything I ever planned yeah. <laughs> for doing when I was in uh, college. Cider's a rough one. It's uh it's good though. I kind of like it. Uh, is that your preference? Would you, ch- do you, do you choose cider over all else? It was, it was free. And I'll, uh, oh, I'll always uh, go for the free uh, free drink, whatever that is. Free cider is always an <laughs> yeah. option. Is always what the option to choose. Mm-hmm. What else do you drink though? You get into beer. You get into whiskey. Uh, I used to work at a uh, winery in upstate New York, okay. and so I kind of like wine uh, a little bit. But um, really, whatever. I yeah. think it's more about hanging out with people and. I prefer to just be around other people. I think bringing down, uh, getting, uh, bringing down those inhibitions. Yeah, definitely makes it a lot more fun. I used to drink a ton. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm sober now, mm-hmm. uh, three, a little more than three and a half years. Yeah, and cool. uh, uh, I you just smoke remember. Weed? No, I don't. Oh, Can't handle it. Interesting. Yeah, I'm okay. just like clean and sober. I do coffee and and cigarettes <laughs> occasionally, yeah. but. Uh, and shadow boxing and a little bit of shadow boxing you got to keep that heart pumping you know yeah. it's better than lsd gotta get that adrenaline somehow right. start shadow boxing and uh that's my cardio yeah. uh 
Yeah, no, booze was uh, something I, I loved doing, but then after a while, I started relying on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what they, what is known as a problem, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I wasn't like, some some folks have told me that I'm like a fun drunk, or, or they did at the time. Yeah, which is a thing you shouldn't ever hear. No one should, no <laughs> yeah, one should ever I, tell someone they're a fun drunk. You're like, oh, I'll use that. I'll live off that for five years. Right, <laughs> right. And, it's and like, then I'll start re like, adjusting my thoughts. <laughs> totally. Like, yeah. if only there was always booze, so I could always be fun. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's, ultimate cure to boredom wasn't it like uh, the the roman slaves they just gave them enough booze so they could do their job but not like revolt so they're just like constantly drunk that almost sounds like, like modern times like, that's too not, though it's uh, not a bad life yeah <laughs> that sounds kind of like modern times though it's just like yeah. here are all these bud light commercials yeah. don't worry about whatever shitty life you're you're living right <laughs> things now aren't that bad just keep buying just keep <laughs> buying things that's please it. numb numb the pain yeah, yeah. numb the reality um but still i had a great time doing it mm-hmm. uh yeah no we was not something that I weed was something that I really enjoyed in high school Interesting. and then something happened whether it was hormonally or what I don't know mm-hmm. but I just started getting super anxiety super anxious and paranoid interesting and uh, Pink Floyd's The Wall was no longer this <laughs> sort of was? accessible sort of that's like, a sad outlet. moment in all of our lives yeah. right yeah <laughs> Um, well, so, so, so tell us what you're up to these days. What are you into? What do you do sort of creatively or to stoke the artistic embers? Sure. Uh, I do uh, stand-up comedy. Hello. How are you guys doing? Nice to see you. There's other people. <laughs> Give it up for Brent, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate Coming to the it. Stage. Uh, things are going well. I haven't been up in a week, so it's... Yeah. Well, uh, uh, how, how many years or how long have you been? Uh, so the first time I did it, I was 20. Okay. And then I kind of do it off and on. Maybe once every three to six months. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to New York uh, for grad school. But the idea was like, I would do stand up. But then I'm like, I, I mean, I don't know how anyone starts in New York. It seems like a complete nightmare. It, yeah. The first four years, I'm assuming, are just. Yeah. Terrible. I mean, looking back, it, it was a mistake. And yeah. if anybody out there <laughs> is interested in starting stand up, I do not recommend starting yeah. in New York. It, it's like, it's, I wish they would heckle because it showed that they cared. <laughs> it's just like so painfully quiet oh my with God. like a room full of people, like obviously other people going up just mm, like so stern Yeah, or just like looking at what they're going to say, thinking that all of a sudden the room will be different when they go up. <laughs> you just, you're reaching for anything. I need some interaction. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just cold stares. Yeah. 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 Um, well, so you started in New York or? Uh, so the first time I did was in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. um, but then. Uh, I guess New York but I would say honestly I would say I started in Austin I moved here about four years ago okay uh, with the main focus of doing it as much as possible so it's a great place for it and what are you um, drawn to most is it the performing aspect or is it the writing uh I kind of like the uh, the actual performing. I like the idea of being like an entertainer. Yeah, I think that's just a cool fun thing kind of like uh, you enjoy the the what is it the adulation the uh I couldn't tell you what that means, but you said it with when such a, confidence. I'll when, say yes. When, I, when, I, when, I, when a crowd loves you and when, when you sort of receive this, this warmth and this sort of yeah. uh, respect and validation from, yeah. a, from a crowd or from an audience. I, honestly, I think I just wanted other comics to like me. Yeah. <laughs> it's what I wanted to do. Like whenever I heard of like someone being like a comics comic, yeah. I was like, that's the, that's, I don't care about other, I would rather, because I like, to me, like all my heroes are comics. So mm-hmm. if I could have people like that, like me, then I'm, I'm doing good. Yeah. Is <laughs> it because <laughs> there's sort of like a cool factor associated with comedians and, and a lot of performers? Is that why you sort of wanted them to, to sort of welcome you in and like you? Uh, I just liked the, uh, the honesty of stand-up. Yeah. Um, my parents, I grew up in a very, um, like a strict household mm-hmm. and uh, we didn't really talk about much beyond the weather. Sometimes I hope my parents don't ever listen to this. <laughs> Maybe we'll have something different to talk about, I guess yeah. <laughs> if they did. Uh, but then like, I would like listen. I remember like I heard like, uh, it's, you know, like George Carlin for the first time where you're like, Oh, he's talking about real shit. And I'm like, he's, he's kind of right. Like, and I'm like looking around like, why is no one else yeah. like doing what he says? Because it seems to be pretty accurate in yeah. a lot of ways. Or like, you just hear something that's just so honest that like you laugh. And I kind of like, that the most sure and Car- is carlin one of the influences here or one of the you said your heroes were all stand-ups uh it's weird i think the older i get it's, it's always changing like when i was a kid it was for sure uh carlin but actually more so rodney dangerfield and, oh yeah uh, Stephen wright excellent uh, my the, the first the classics yeah and uh i liked uh, dimitri martin too so all like one-liner comics yeah very cool um started. was it an act of uh rebellion because you mentioned that Nothing was ever really discussed in your household, and it was sort of a mm. bit of a stodgy environment, it sounds like. Were, was this your sort of 
way to break out? Uh, well, I, I mean, you may attest to this. It's just like uh, something I wanted to do when I was like f- in the third grade. I'm like, oh, I just want to do stand up. That's the only thing. I like, I've like figured it out. I don't want to do the school thing anymore. Let's just uh, figure out how to just ju- like dive into that. Yeah. So it didn't matter. Like, I didn't need like a reason. I just wanted to do it, I guess. Yeah. So, and that sort of became fully realized at 20. Uh, it was the first opportunity I had to actually do it. Mm-hmm. So, there's no like open mics of any kind, like poetry or just random open mics in uh, the small town I grew up. Right. So to like the moment that you realize you want to do it to the moment you f- actually first do it, that in between is so terrible because it's all you can think about in, in a weird way. So when it you know spans decades, it's not a good thing, <laughs> I, sure. guess, I suppose. But uh, it was um, it was like a comedy competition at the school I went to. And I, uh, in Pittsburgh, in Pittsburgh, it was like a last comic standing kind of thing. Cool. Yeah. And, uh, which is very nerve wracking to the first time you do in front of like 150 people that kind of know you. Yeah. That's, I mean, (laughs) I, especially I was like an RA. So people knew who I was. I couldn't even begin to wrap my head around that. The first time I did it was at an open mic in front of like 10 people. Yeah. 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 Which uh, is also still just terrible in its own weird way. Because then you're like, man, if there's more people, maybe it was gone better, you know? Right. Right. Like, oh, just wait until I'm selling out places and everyone will realize how good I am. Yeah. Yeah. Except it doesn't really work that way. No. Um, uh, that takes a lot of balls though to just sort of go and do something like that to sort of enter a contest of all things oh yeah and no, it didn't go well well i guess it went it went all right yeah and if i didn't place i didn't really get laughs i guess yeah. i got i got enough sympathy laughs to think that it's not uh i don't know i, I could get through it but then um Every, so I think there's like 15 people who entered and mm-hmm. all of us, it was our first time doing stand-up. So what a weird show to like see yeah. 15 people try stand-up for the first time. A very level playing field. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, that's like a good thing. And, uh, and then I, um, I was the only one that kept with it. So mm-hmm. I thought that was, to me, that's like, I, I did win. <laughs> well, uh, and, and what I was going to say was, um, the unique thing about this experience is mm-hmm. that in spite of the fact that, you know, you said it didn't go well. Mm-hmm afterwards you had said to yourself i'm going to keep doing this yeah yeah because there was a part of you that was like i want to get better Mm -hmm. i want to see how to get better yeah and is that when you went to new york no uh, i transferred school so then i was in uh, binghamton uh, university um (laughs) which just came out with the hashtag stop white people 2k16 oh cool all right (laughs) (laughs) gotta keep up millennials yeah Uh, (laughs) so they they um i went there for two years um this was before i moved to new york Mm -hmm. um and i could do it there maybe like every three to six months there's like uh i don't know if people in small towns can attest to this like for anything you want to do but you just kind of like crash poetry open mics so that's where i would sure. do stand up yeah uh, that's that's like the only place i had to do it and uh, in a weird way people r- are really happy because yeah. like there's the, like a lot of poetry you know i think is you know not so great but people are very supportive so they're never going to say anything bad in those kind of environments right. and then they're just like you can he- almost hear a sigh of relief of someone trying something different well uh, yeah i imagine you were providing a break from all the sort of dour and cynical and depressing poetry yeah that was you know on the, display the the, the, the <laughs> one i remember uh-huh. like uh, the first one i went to i had to follow someone who did um Who's the really famous serial killer? Uh, uh, Charlie Manson's mom. I think she did a whole poem about how she was a nice lady. <laughs> and yes. like, and he, he was right. And I was like, hey, comedy, who wants to do jokes for <laughs> fuck's sake? Right. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I think about that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the irony is that comedians can be as dour and, and, and sort of oh, yeah, just depressing, depressing and sad as poets. And, with a weird form of bravado about it. Like uh, 9-11 devils. Let me talk about those. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Like, you know, it's always interesting to me. I'm not a huge fan of political comedy and it's because mm-hmm. it's like you're up there joking about something serious you want to be taken seriously mm-hmm. for something that you're by design making a joke about and it's like would just go just go and be an activist yeah if yeah. you need this platform to sort of spread ideas but, uh, okay but i also get it i mean there's this this yeah. bill hicksian lenny brucean sort of uh angle that people take i i like it when uh if you can find you can compare it to something silly mm-hmm. like uh Mike Birbiglia has a great bit comparing uh, George Bush to like your fun uncle who's now in charge of the barbecue. Okay. <laughs> and he's like, uh, he starts throwing hot dogs at the neighbor and he's like, who's going to throw hamburgers at us? He's like, they don't even have hamburgers. <laughs> right. And like, to me, it's like a, you know, 
simplifies a really interesting idea. So uh, that's using, what I like about it. Yeah. Using analogies and sort of yeah. you know um, silly figures and characters we're all familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so now let's 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 um, catch up to today sure. and um, what uh, what's going on now. Uh, sure. So I'm um, last year I took a year off from work to travel, mm-hmm. and uh, I was. This year, I think I wanted to kind of like compile those things into something that I can use, maybe like a book or just just something that I'll like uh, be able to remember it from in yeah. a better, longer way. Because uh, I didn't like, for whatever fucking reason, I didn't write it down when I was sure. like in it, I guess. Yeah. Which like looking back is always a mistake. But in my head, I'm like, this is going to take two hours and I'd rather just... You know, right. Well, I mean, it's still it. it's still your perspective and your experiences, though. I mean, um, yeah. you know, you don't have to write every minute detail down to be able to recollect it yeah. and work from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, are you yeah. finding ways to sort of satisfy yourself creatively, or are you enjoying mm-hmm. things? Or yeah, um, I don't know. I like uh, so I, I went to Honduras for two months. My um, girlfriend was trying to start a nonprofit down there. She's still working on it. Yeah. And, uh, so is she still down there in Honduras? No, no. She's going back uh, later in September. Okay. Though, um, but it was like a really absurd trip. Yeah. I don't know Spanish, and I've you know never been there <laughs> <laughs> before, so that was made it kind of fun. Um, but I want to like compile that into a thing, and I'm kind of working on. I uh, my undergrads in philosophy. Sure. Um, Oddly enough, because Steve Martin studied it, and I'm like, I should probably study that too. Yeah. What a mistake. <laughs> Do not study that. What a, it's all online on YouTube for free. You don't need to like yeah. spend, do something more technical or like something you could get a job from. Sure. Uh, but it was, um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, I like these things called like fallacies. Okay. Um, like there's like 42 laws of fallacies, and I like trying to make funny versions of them. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to like, compile a whole bunch of those things in together and make it make it a thing maybe is but it happening is it are you is it it's a very slow process and i uh get discouraged quite quickly and i don't do it <laughs> yeah what um <laughs> but what it's like always in my mind so i think that's you know the first step what do you get discouraged by uh nothing like uh i think i mean if, if if you like writing anything you're probably like your biggest critic and you're always like this is just this is just trash yeah uh which is in a way a very good thing you want to kind of be your hardest uh, complacency is is the enemy of most yeah. creative people yeah we've seen enough people at open mics that think they're like the greatest shit of all time and it's like a complete nightmare <laughs> and they're like oh god but then he comes off like yeah i just crushed it dude you yeah. see that that new joke crushed and i was like for who <laughs> right <laughs> who? right yeah, yeah no comment i think every open micer is fantastic yeah and, uh, <laughs> yeah it's uh, always a great set we've all had great sets but uh do, you know do you plow through that sort of discouragement in order to find uh, well, I, I kind of do it at work because <laughs> I've been working a lot of uh, hours lately, probably like 60, 60 hours a week yeah. just sitting on a computer. So I kind of like try to do it in the meantime as like a thing. And um, it's, it's weird to like take a break from work to do more work. Sure. So that's where I think it kind of like I need to just make it a thing on like a weekend or something. Um, what, why, um, let's see, how could I articulate this why do you view uh this particular project as work it's, it's a very interesting sort of label to place i mean obviously mm-hmm. any creative person any yeah. writer comedian actress singer whoever yeah has to make an effort and put in work um i see it as like a creative endeavor but there's definitive so there's i'm doing it with like 42 fallacies so that i have like a distinct number i don't have to wait for someone's approval i don't have to wait three hours at a bar until i go up to do three minutes i can do it all right now so i can like manage my time and look at it more of like a, an efficiency sort of thing yeah where with stand-up i prefer it to be you know kind of a loosey-goosey thing and i'll write when i feel like it and um just kind of take ideas all the time yeah so this is like a definitive like okay i already know that i need an intro paragraph i need the uh, a prime example and then like another example and then like a conclusion kind of thing sure yeah so it's more formulaic so it kind of like takes away from the creativityness of it and it feels a little bit more like work yeah even though i i see it as like a fun interesting way to be creative yeah and you're injecting your own voice into it yeah um where do you where do you want this to end up like what where do you want to take it uh, I would just like to f- finish it. I like get all 42 fallacies and I got a thing. Yeah. And then maybe if it, if it comes from anything, then it comes from something, but I, like it leads to like a book or something. But I, to me, like, I don't even know how to 
truly publish an actual book. So that's like a grand, another obstacle to face, but I rather just have something that I've written that I like feel good about. I yeah. like show my kids like, Hey, check this out. Like if you want to learn <laughs> like uh, pussy jokes about fallacies, like <laughs> this is, you're, this is your go-to context. You're yeah. already picturing the fireside sort of chat with the family. <laughs> yeah. You got your slippers and bathrobe on. I'm sitting them down and like slowly turning a page. <laughs> Gather around children, grab a uh, molasses uh, treat from the pantry and let's, I don't know why I placed this in 1875, but Well, I that's did. like my dream home. So I, that's a very good <laughs> <laughs> example. It's a good assessment. Um, yeah, yeah. I think that's a really cool project that you're working on. Uh, yeah. I know prior to the recording, I had sort of piqued your brain about what mm-hmm. you may want to uh, discuss working on and, and sure. you seem to not be so sure but I think this is a really cool thing yeah I th- it's something that I like I've always been interested in doing and I kind of like nitpick at from time to time but I think I would prefer to like really just kind of hammer it down I don't yeah. in, in my head like I can't do anything like I don't know how people are like okay I'll split up my time like 15 minutes the first half of the hour then f- uh, 30 minutes I'll do this and then the last 15 I'll, I'll do this and I'll be like super efficient like the only way I can do that is like if I lock myself in a room and I'm like, I'm, I have eight hours and sure. I need to produce this or something. You need a deadline. Yeah. But I need like a, a lot of time to like really just spread your wings. Out. Yeah, yeah. Like I, if I can't focus on something for short periods of time like that. Does, uh, yeah. does this combine with stand up? Is it, does it make you happy? Are you happy with? Yeah. I will. It's a, it's a weird thing. So I'm like debating, <laughs> how much more stand-up I'm like doing or like how often I go out. Right. Like the reason why I came to Austin is because you could do it every day and you could do it a lot of times. And then I'm realizing like, what, what's the balance of ruining your life to like, like having like uh pursuing something. Like I feel like any kind of artistic thing, you basically kind of have to ruin your life for a few years in the hopes that it's going to come back and like, it's going to pay off. Sure. But like that's, those are the only people who succeed are the ones who like dive into something a hundred percent. Right. And pull that out. And now I'm kind of thinking like maybe a hundred percent isn't for me anymore. Maybe I should. Well, yeah. it's, it's an interesting sort of phrasing though. Some people have to ruin their life for a few years because, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not trying to play devil's advocate or, no, or, no. or be combative. Yeah. I don't know that, that people view it that way. I'm not sure that artists see themselves as ruining their life because, yeah, yeah they're in pursuit of something Mm -hmm. and it fulfills them. Mm -hmm. And regardless of how many couches they have to crash on or how, uh, how low their bank accounts are, they still find a way. I mean, I've always been envious of that. Um, I think that was part of my problem too. The sacrifice necessary was something I don't know that I was willing Mm -hmm. to put in. No, I can see. Yeah. But I see these people who are willing to do that. Mm -hmm. And um, in spite of the circumstances of their situation, they still, have that artistic thing to look forward to. Yeah. Um, I've known guys that hadn't showered in, in weeks, yeah, yeah. but they still went to open mics because there was something about going up on the stage yeah, yeah, yeah. that removed the bullshit of, of mm-hmm. life away yeah. from it's what It's like my mental health is finally cleared <laughs> when I'm on stage. And then when I get off, it's like, oh, fuck. Right. No, right. I've got to deal with this, but I'm not going to. I'll just try to do another mic because well, that's progress. Sure. Absolutely. Because yeah. um, mm-hmm. that's their safe haven you yeah, know yeah. like once i'm on the stage with the microphone nothing can touch me yeah and I which think is a weird thing because most people see it as the opposite <laughs> well, like uh, well you everything's know, yeah. touching me and i'm like the most vulnerable but in a weird way it's like no i have the most control actually in this well and 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 uh, that's mm-hmm. a great point to make because i think that's what separates the also rands from the quote-unquote successful comics mm-hmm. um i think it's that sort of ability to stop and and recognize that mm-hmm. uh, I'm not vulnerable up on the stage because I'm yeah. doing what I yeah, yeah. want to do. This this is what mm-hmm. I've been put here to do. Yeah. Um, and just to bring it back to you, um, do you not feel that? Do you think that stand-up doesn't provide that for you? I just think... Um my mental health is a lot better when I can like sleep 10 hours a day and uh, kind of relax in my free time as yeah. opposed to um, rushing to go to a mic and then rushing to go home. And it's like, I want to have, you know, uh, a family one day and like own a house. And uh, that's not a thing that seems like a foreseeable future, especially with the amount of traveling that comes with stand up. Sure. It's like, uh, I'm like remanaging how I define success, which to me feels like failure <laughs> while I'm doing it. Sure. But, yeah. but it's like, uh, yeah, it's like helping out. It makes it more sense. Like, I'll do it maybe once a week now, which is, you know, I'm more of a hobbyist now than I would be, say, a sort of a career stand-up or potentially. So mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't particularly sound like you're at a fork in the road. It sounds like you've sort of made up your mind 
about which direction you want to go in. Well, I, I will say that and then I'll have like a really good set and I'm like, man, I, I can, let's yeah. just do this every day. This is great. <laughs> so I want to like yeah. dive back into it. So I always kind of come in, uh, come into waves usually like a month or two out of the year. I just don't do stand up, right. And that seems to help quite a bit. And then also just, it's nice to talk to people who don't do anything yeah <laughs> like, don't, don't they're not in a uh like a, citizens an, yeah, yeah. yeah normal people yeah yeah and like in austin it's hard to find because everyone has their side gig <laughs> right it's like the majority of their life and sure. so like to f- just be around people who like don't know what they're doing with their life in a weird way that's kind of comforting yeah i <laughs> or, don't suggest like, moving to la by the way if that's uh, the case because you uh, will not meet someone who is just not, not yeah, yeah, yeah. Who doesn't have a side gig um to yeah. stand up in any way sh- well it does sound like stand-up still makes you happy though it sounds like yeah, it's something well, that provides it's definitely like the best thing but the way i see it is like it's definitely a muscle so you you have to like i now know how it works so like becoming a professional comedian isn't crazy it's not like when i first started i'm like this is an insane lofty thing but i'm like oh no it's all if you like really break it down it's not a crazy thing like it would be crazier for me to say i want to be the ceo of this company Mm -hmm. or i want to be the branch manager of this bank like that would be harder and more work than like a world that i would never want to go into sure but then like once i kind of figured out how stand-up works i realized like what that's going to be what that life will be like um in some ways, it's, yeah. it's, it's very similar to the things you just mentioned, though. I think yeah. in order to be a stand-up comedian who not only makes a living but is, is putting out stuff that people really yeah. tend to warm to, it's you gotta very similar to, it. yeah, it's very it's similar to what, a, what a CEO or what a doctor or a lawyer does, yeah. just without as much schooling and <laughs> tangible rewards in the form of a paycheck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, very true. Is that something that uh, sort of factors into your thinking now, is the fact that you're not getting paid? Is it... Is it uh, is it not worth your your energy? I just uh, I like having sleep. I don't know, like yeah. more so than I, I like uh, I like the um, feeling good when I wake up in the morning instead of like already exhausted when I wake up and then diving into work and then coming home and then like not like hanging out with my girlfriend like maybe yeah. once every two weeks like that's not fair. So yeah. got to figure out how to do all that at the same time. And so I'm kind of realizing like. Um, it's like a it's uh, a shit ton of fun, and I want to keep it that way. And I think the more that I really pursue it harder, it uh, takes away, and it's like it takes more away from what I'm it, hoping it, to get. Quote know. unquote, it, it, it ruins your your life a little. Yeah, bit. yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. I don't mean to use the word ruin, but yeah. I mean just drawing on what was said earlier. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just something that uh, let's say interrupts or interferes with the life that you want for yourself. It's weird when like your goals interfere with your life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, a- absolutely. And, and, mm-hmm. and unless your goal is to just be that top comedian that a lot of, I think comedians envision themselves to be. Yeah. That sacrifice is certainly required. Yeah. Um, you know, having a girlfriend and, mm-hmm. and being able to have a, a healthy social life. Yeah. And by the way, podcasts are my form of therapy. So you, I'll link a lot of other ones you can listen to. All right. This is the only way I get it out. Yeah. Yo, you listen to the Sigmund Freud hour or something yeah. like that? Or, uh, yeah. Well, that's, uh, you yeah. know, it, it, it seems like you have a pretty good head on your shoulders, though. It doesn't seem yeah. like you're deluding yourself in any way. Have you ever. Well, that's felt like the that big way? fear. I feel like you do have to. Uh, not do I guess I can it's now not a do I know I don't have to delude myself to see where I have to get to if that right. makes sense I think when you start you kind of do because the the world's so foreign of how to do stand-up yeah. one like how to do it how to be on stage and then how to find places to do it more often sure. that's like that's like the first two years mm-hmm. three years of like doing it is just kind of figuring that out but then yeah. once you figure that out you can see how people progress and it's a very very basic kind of steps sure then you just oh you're gonna get now now like now you're a feature like you're yeah you're an open micer and then you're hosting like mm-hmm. sh- weird showcases at bullshit mics or like uh, coffee shops or whatever not to say bullshit but like yeah. uh, odd things and then all of a sudden now you're like hosting or you're doing like a um uh like a, a guest spot at, uh, like an actual club sure right and then from there you're hosting more regularly and mm-hmm. then you're gonna feature so you got 30 minutes which isn't that crazy. And then after you've featured for a while, you can like actually make a living doing that. So yeah. to me, like my dream was like, I just want to be a traveling feature. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah. I, I'd never wanted to be like a famous comedian uh, by any means. I just want to be really good at it. And like, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think, um, what a lot of comedians 
who start out seeing what you just described, they see it as a sort of wall that they have to climb. Yeah. And they keep climbing and climbing and climbing, and then they clear that wall. Yeah. And then when they get to the other side, they're just like, oh, fuck, I didn't know it was like this. Yeah. This is garbage. I don't, I don't like this <laughs> yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, but you sound like someone who was climbing the wall and maybe is continuing to do so, mm. and you've peeked over and you've seen... Yeah, I've, seen, I've seen what the other side you've looks like. You've seen what the other side looks yeah, yeah. like, and you're just like, well, maybe this is not what I want after all. Yeah. Well, I, I uh, so I got a host at, uh, the first time I hosted at uh, Cap City, mm-hmm. and only time. <laughs> <laughs> not bitter. Are you uh, listening, Cap City? Are you listening? <laughs> Hire Brent. Uh, I opened for um, Bob Marley. He's oh, like yeah. this huge comic in Maine. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys are familiar. Yeah. Um, but he's he's great. He's like a really nice guy, but I like... I just asked him to like watch my set and then he like talked to me for like 30 minutes, like two different times. And he's like, he's like, you see this feature? He's like, you don't want to be that guy. Mm-hmm. He's like, he, he has a daughter. He's like, uh, he, he travels 42 weeks out of the year. He's like, do you want to like be traveling 42 weeks out of the year never seeing your kid? And then like, like he was like desperate to get like paid like at that time. Sure. I was like, ah oh, man, that just seems like, that seems like that wouldn't be very hard to get to make that my life right in a weird way yeah and so i'm trying to come to terms with that i guess sure. and uh he's like he did what one thing that i loved about him that i, I learned a lot is basically like he's, he was very smart he went to la learned how to be a headliner mm-hmm. be a very good headliner Talking about bob now yes yeah, so this is bob marley yeah go to go not to a LA. stage name by the way no that's his legit name Bob marley is and, and he's I, like I respect a, him for sticking with oh it. totally <laughs> i love that just just so people have an idea i'm sure a lot of people may google him after this but he is like a tall schlubby white guy Right. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. he's Bill Burr. Yeah. He's he's like a family's Bill Burr. Yeah. Is is what and they're good friends. Like they grew up together sure. kind of in a way. So he comes to LA, learns how to headline, and then goes to Maine where there's no one in the history of Maine has ever known how to headline as a comedian, right? Mm-hmm. So he has that entire market to himself and like th- just that whole region. So basically he makes all of his money through stand-up basically in that area mm-hmm. but uh he said when he was in la he got like development deals and he just put it all in real estate he's like so i i don't even have to do stand-up to make make my living right. essentially and to me i was like well that's the trick if i could if i could do stand-up and not have to worry about money then i then it seems more reasonable but the older i'm getting the more th- that doesn't seem to be a possibility yeah or i need to focus on i guess getting to a point where then i could do you want to be someone at the level of Bob Marley? Do you want to be on TV? Do I, you... I think it would be fascinating to be like the Bob Marley of upstate New York where I grew up, <laughs> like in this, like in the Finger Lakes region. Sure. Just like, oh, I, I've got an hour of Finger Lakes jokes yeah. <laughs> right. people just eat up, right? And there's like, he is like, he is so insanely prolific. Like no one, no, very few people know this guy, but he has like like 30 albums and like five best of albums and yeah. they all sell out because people eat the eat it up yeah. and, and it's he's good he's very very funny he's a, a super nice guy and by all accounts that is mm-hmm. who would be considered a success in stand-up yeah. however yeah. i would venture that uh out of the four people in this room only 50 percent of us knew who he was did did you guys know who bob marley was yeah oh, oh you did oh yeah, nice, yeah. nice well fuck me uh, <laughs> never mind i guess he's bigger than i thought yeah. yeah um what i was basically trying to gauge though was fame doesn't always necessarily the, yeah. equate to success in stand-up. my parents have no idea who he was when i was like right. telling them i gotta like this game <laughs> oh, yeah, they probably thought you were like pulling their chain, talking about you yeah. know the reggae singer. Yeah, yeah and then yeah. they were like, "Well, well it's no, awfully d- sunny outside, isn't it, son?" No, oddly <laughs> enough, so my mom starts. She doesn't even know the reggae singer, right? My mom is like so sheltered <laughs> from the world, and so she went to work like my son's opening for Bob Marley. Oh, that's great! <laughs> and everyone's like. What the fuck are you talking about, yeah. Jane? <laughs> like, what does that even mean? They thought you were pranking your mom or something. Yeah, uh, and then she's like, she Googles Bob Marley and it's like, oh my God, like, <laughs> what is this show he's doing? It's right, right. <laughs> like, oh. Oh, that's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, so uh, where, where do you go from here? I guess, uh, you know. So, well, I think the focus right now is in two years, I want to move out of Austin and move to Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking at like, cities kind of outside denver maybe an hour and a half two hours yep. more like an hour and a half hour uh like fort collins is like the number one place right now because sure. it's 
uh, weed's legal. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my girlfriend's, a lot of her family's there, and my sister used to live there. And so uh, when I travel, I like, love Colorado. I think it's awesome. Yeah. And then I, I kind of want a small town where it feels like a kind of a community and where I can also buy a house. I'd like to own a house. <laughs> so you, like ha- you have a very realized sort of vision that, that isn't yeah. sort of, you know... Um, Delu- not delusional, but it's within reach. It's not like yeah, a, yeah, yeah. I think it's it's all doable, and it's in a place where there's a lot. There's it's basically like a, a lateral move. So Denver scene is very comparable to Austin in a lot of ways. Yeah. So I'll be able to still kind of jump in and be where I'm at here, but sure. also just in a different city. So, so you still want to be close to comedy, like you still want to yeah. you still want to um, scratch that itch. When it's you always get it. it's always going to be. I always need to be near an open mic yeah. <laughs> like sure. within like a 30 minute drive I think is a fair yeah or like I could start one and it wouldn't be unreasonable I feel like we share uh, similar sensibilities in that I came to Austin mm-hmm. without the intention of pursuing comedy for sure oh interesting but, but I knew that when I got here I'd be doing it because yeah, yeah. I had stopped doing it in New York for about two years and this was after having done it for almost a decade mm-hmm um, but obviously I was starting to see things the way you're seeing them and that I want to own a house and I want yeah. a much more settled mundane yeah. life where I could make a little money and just sort of enjoy things on a tempered basis. Yeah, yeah. But now that I'm here, I'm doing stand-up and I'd be lying if I said that I don't drift into visions of yeah. maybe maybe I'll headline something someday. Well, maybe I'll be on a show. Maybe yeah. I'll write for somebody. You know, I mean, it's hard to ignore that, right? Well, it's weird. The more things aren't going well in your life the easier it is to like do stand-up or like if you're not happy with where you're at stand-up is like a great fucking outlet well yeah but then like as your life sort of like uh gets a little bit better like i got a like a job that you know like uh, that paid well and i was like like i need to focus on being awake sure. <laughs> at this job and like not like i would take naps in my car at lunch just so i could like you know look you. like i'm a, a person yeah yeah <laughs> and like focus more so. sure so your so, priorities changed a little bit. Yeah, um, they changed, but I just liked being able to pay off my student loans. That was like such a great thing. So now, like, I kind of want to keep being able to do stuff like that. Now, let me ask you this. If you were approached by someone who said, hey, we're putting together a pilot in LA, mm-hmm. and we think you'd be a great addition to the writing staff, but we don't know if the show will be A, picked up, and if it does get picked up, <laughs> if it will go beyond six episodes... <laughs> where where does that take you what what what's the decision you i'll, think you'd I'll make? take the story of being offered the gig and not <laughs> yeah, wow. and not and not do it if i knew it was like uh a 12 season show mm-hmm. and it was like a um i mean they those shows usually pay well i think for writers so it's like i can make i can make the mistake of going there and then it failing and then not my life's not over i'm not sure. starting from scratch or whatever right maybe i'd have to talk to my girlfriend <laughs> oh, <I> see. <laughs> see, see if it's if she's cool with moving there i just don't i don't want to live in a big city and that's like a huge i'm never going to live in new york or la i already mm-hmm. like told myself that sure that i kind of like just i'm i'm the older i'm getting the more of a small town i kind of want to be in right and uh so that the best i can do is be a road comic and i would like to be a feature if i could do a feature i would feel really good about that sure and maybe if i could have like a full hour I think that alone would be its own accomplishment. Like if I could make, if I could do an album, mm-hmm. I might stop right after it. <laughs> yeah. That would be the last show. It's again, like, again, yeah. a goal that's very much within reach because, yeah. I mean, obviously I've seen you perform. You're very funny. Thanks, thanks. And, uh, you know, I, I think anybody's capable of putting together an hour of very funny material. Yeah. Uh, the more you do it. It's not, nothing about stand-up is crazy, but to people who don't do it, it's the, the craziest thing on planet Earth. And I as, agree. As yeah. soon as you kind of make that change and you realize it's not crazy, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, these are all very achievable, doable things. Now it's a question of what kind of time commitment am I willing to make in my life? Right. Uh, and uh, I wish I had the head on your shoulders that <laughs> I have on mine 10 to 15 years earlier. I don't yeah. know where that would have taken me. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I've always equated stand-up comedy in particular to an addiction. Yeah, and it's, totally. Uh, you know, you, you, you do it the first couple of times or the first time you make a crowd laugh, even if it's two people, mm-hmm. is enough to sustain you to want to yeah. keep chasing that feeling. Yeah. And it's interesting to talk to somebody else who's kind of sounds like you're beginning to switch gears. It sounds like yeah. you're going to be going 
into the real world, so to speak. The, the thing is, though, I say this probably every year. <laughs> like, yeah. If you talk to any other comic in Austin, they'd be like, yeah, Brent just quits comedy for like three months and then he... And then he's ran, back. Yeah. So like I took a year off, so I was only here in Austin like three months last year. So, But 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 you're at peace with that, it sounds like. It doesn't sound like that's something that bothers you. It's something I think about when I'm not doing it, yeah. for sure. Probably like an addiction. But but yeah. when you're not doing it, it's not like you come back to it with the with the hopes of... Maybe this will be the time that I do it steadily so that I can make a career out of it. No, I, I've said that to myself <laughs> like two weeks ago. Oh, seriously? Like, yeah, like I, I'll, I'm like, I can, I, let me just push through. But then I, I, like four weeks into that, I'm like, poof, like I'm, not, I'm like missing meals. I yeah. keep forgetting to brush my teeth. Like mm-hmm. this is not a, this is not a good like life balance kind of thing. Right, so right. So I'm like, brushing my teeth should always be. Uh, like a number one priority above stand up <laughs> like I'd like to think in a weird way this is a uh, great ad for like the the gin- anti-gingivitis council yeah. like a balanced life means brushing your teeth yeah. but I, uh, I would say like the majority I'm always thinking of like how do I just be efficient about doing stand up and not if if someone said they would take me on the road mm-hmm. to be like their opener I would do it in a heartbeat uh, well that's interesting because you wouldn't do the TV show but you'd do that I care I care more about stand up than than being in a writing. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I kind of mentioned that earlier. Yeah, I'm not too big into writing too much. I mean, it's fun, and if the opportunity was there, I would never turn it down, but I'd prefer to just do... Like, my dream was always to just get in, like, an RV and just road trip around the country with my friends, and we all just, like, headline gigs. <laughs> like, yes. we just do big shows together, and we sure. just get to hang out in an RV all day. That sounds cool. Yeah, it seems like a great life. That sounds... Again, I mean, oh, I don't yeah. know how within reach that goal necessarily. That seems like a lot of work. Yeah, you got to rent an RV, uh, and yeah, you got to right. get someone to drive it. I'm not driving no, that. You got <laughs> to gotta book yourself. I mean, we're talking about the material I, last here. Yeah, like, I'm not <laughs> even thinking about the, the shows. Right. <laughs> like, we'll just do them at gas stations yeah, or wherever. How do we wherever. afford gas? Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> what... Um, Come into our RV. It's a traveling open mic. <laughs> <laughs> That's a reality show right there. That's yeah, something yeah. you could pitch. Um, oh, that what, would... Yeah, totally. Uh, now... That's mine. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Dibs. Brent. And by the way, if you ever need a writer, I'm available. Uh, do you... Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I tend not to get envious of other comics anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that took me a while to sort of get over. Oh, yeah. For and, sure. And, and even now, in Austin, mm-hmm. like I'm seeing amazing comedians some who stick around and some who leave and yeah uh part of me thinks i could guess which ones are going to succeed yeah. um but the envy thing has sort of washed away entirely and i've gotten to a point where i'm happy yeah. for these comics uh, well they got there because they worked hard and right which was I, what yeah. i was gonna add like is that do you carry any sort of resentment or envy for what other people yeah. can accomplish in comedy i i think when you first start you you have a lot of that because you see people get shows you don't think they deserve but what you realize is that's a very like you that show is like you're you're doing eight minutes at at a bar to like 13 people like 50 like 20 minutes out of town or whatever yeah but that seems like that's the big opportunity like that's the only big opportunity that's realistic at the time so to see someone who you think isn't you know as good a comic get that it's very frustrating but then you realize like that's not how clubs work sure they they hire people who work hard Mm -hmm. like know how to like do the show and will do like have the jokes yeah They, they don't like they're not going to open mics to try people out. They're like doing no. their own thing. Yeah, and they're fine. They're like breeding their own comics. So when you kind of realize that, like there is, you know, definitely some buddy buddy, I guess to to stand up for sure. But yeah. it's definitely the closest thing to like a meritocracy I could think of. So well, yeah, well, don't tell that to a comedian, by the yeah. way, because there are tons out there who believe otherwise. Um, oh yeah, well, I mean, I can see that too. Like you're relying on other people to to give you success, mm-hmm. right? And the only way I can get higher in this gig and at the very core of it is relying on other people to think they like me sure so one thing that i like about this writing the book is i don't need to wait for other people's approval i can just do it right now and i can you know on your own terms you don't need anybody yeah yeah i uh i i tend to um live by the rule of uh you're only as good as your last set yeah and if there's someone out there who's getting booked a whole lot who might not be that good mm. that's on them and yeah. it's really none of my business and it kind of sucks for them because you, you don't really want you don't realize it at the time but you don't want a good opportunity too soon because mm-hmm. you don't want to like host a cap city and not do a good job or sure. whatever or you don't want to host or like 
do your first 20 minute set and have it be shit like yeah. cuz you're not going to get that again for a longer time well and 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 the cap city open mic is a phenomenal platform for young comics to mm. show what they got yeah, and yeah. i think there is something about being ready for it yeah um because even though it's billed as an open mic it's an open mic it's at, an audition at the, yeah, it, yeah. It, it's somewhat yeah. yeah i mean you're you're building something i mean doing mm-hmm. it once and doing it well is not gonna get you a no hosting one cares. There. no one yeah. cares if you did stand up well once that's right ever. you got to keep that momentum up and that's <laughs> yeah. sort of why that 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 credo exists with me is is mm-hmm. i'm not i see comics get booked on things and i never uh this is currently by the way <laughs> in the past i was horrible with this yeah. um but i see comics getting things and i'm just like motherfucker uh, in the past, I'd be like, that motherfucker doesn't deserve that. But yeah. now I see it and I'm just like, you know what? Good for that person. I hope they make the most of that. Yeah. And and I'm going to be over here writing more shit. You know? and, and they've been, uh, one thing too about stand-up too is just being around the most. It's very surprising to see, like you'll see people for sure that will get gigs, but never like really good shit. Mm-hmm. People will get really good shit, like say featuring a Cap City. That's because you have a solid half hour, right? right. To me, that's like the the... The, the absolute bar before I would ever consider leaving Austin is like being a featured comic. If like I was still trying to make that, I guess. Sure. But you'll see people who get like showcases or whatever. And it's just because they've been around and they know everybody and they're a nice person. Yeah. Which isn't a terrible thing. Fuck it. It's get, not a let, terrible let them, thing. Let them have that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my, my checklist in stand up uh, goes, um, it goes reputation, mm-hmm. image, talent interesting um i think one precedes the other Mm -hmm. and one begets another opportunity maybe image and talent can be interspersed but if you turn on the tv or if you notice who is sort of moving along there's an it factor involved there's an x factor you know it's not necessarily a hipster dude with glasses or a beard or something like that but it's somebody who sort of bring something different to the stage that a crowd has never seen before. Yeah. Because I think what people who don't do comedy may miss is mm-hmm. that once you set foot on that stage, there is an instant snap judgment being made. Well, here, this is what I love about stand-up, which doesn't seem to be with anything else. It's like all people do is compare you to the best comedians and their best bits of all time. So when you see a, like, I'm going to go to a comedy show, you immediately think of like the best Chris Rock bits you've ever seen sure. or the best, like whatever your favorite comic is, you think of them immediately. Yeah. But in reality, like, so that's what you have to compete with like right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And I think with other like forms, maybe with like, if you, if you, if I hosted an art show or like uh, uh, like a venue or something, I think people are much more lenient mm-hmm. to, or they're not like, why aren't you like you're a little more open-minded? Me. Yeah, like why aren't you Picasso? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. It's like oh no, he's he's working on it or whatever. But that's not what people think of when they think of stand-up. Or right. Going to like a paid show for sure. It requires the most open of minds. Yeah. And 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 also not every comedian is going to connect yeah. with every audience member. I mean, if a guy goes up and he's doing god forbid rape jokes or something like that yeah yeah. there are audience members who are going to be completely turned off by that idea yeah um but on the same show a guy can go up and and talk about cauliflower and that will fucking destroy for some reason yeah well that's why i think like improv um like austin's a big improv town and i think that kind of carries all over into the stand-up in a little bit that's oh is it really i i mean the uh is improv bigger than stand-up no okay donna's shaking her head no yeah, sorry. Improv. I, I don't think improv is bigger than stand up here, but I do think that this is one of the key improv cities. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's a good way to put it. All right, that's fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what the producers are here for. You know, I set the record straight. I don't know what I'm doing half the time. I'm just talking. Sorry, I keep like. Yeah. I keep thinking you guys are gonna like jump in at any moment, so I keep oh. looking at you. I'm like, I want everyone to be included. I've never like. Uh, it's, this is literally the only time I've ever had a conversation with someone with other people in the room. Yeah. <laughs> but they're not allowed to talk. <laughs> well, so. you know, it's the magic of a podcast, I suppose. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, very cool uh well uh, uh brent you uh y- you seem to be doing okay for yourself by the way how are we doing on time 50 shit man what a conversation cool uh how, how long are these uh oh, about four or five hours cool yeah. you got time uh, yeah i may need uh you better bust out that book a nap <laughs> uh usually we like to end things off with uh how you see yourself or how you see the <laughs> the world shaping up in about 10 to 15 years or even if there's a a perfect scenario that 
you'd like to realize come to, you know best case like my best case scenario in 15 years yeah who <laughs> i finally nailed down that bachelor joke i've been working on <laughs> can i bring that up there's a time <laughs> uh i definitely still still doing stand-up in some form like if i could be a feature and feature once every month or every uh two months in whatever town i live in or like in a nearby city that would be fucking golden that'd yeah. be pretty cool i own a like in 15 years that my dream would be <laughs> this is my financial dream would sure. be able to make sixty thousand dollars in passive income mm-hmm. uh through like owning duplexes okay or or houses i rent that would be like the dream because, wanna- that, because then i could like i never ever saw myself in any job right i just saw myself like living life yeah I don't, I don't get people who are like, like I need to be an engineer or whatever. And I guess it's kind of the same drive with standup, but you get approval in different ways so you can be successful way quicker, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, um, like if I could just have money, I'd just probably live exactly how I do now and try not to spend it. Yeah. <laughs> anything and, and just do standup when I can and spend time with people. But that, those are very, uh, realistic and practical decisions. And, uh, I'm not going to lie before we started recording. I, you know, I, I tend to think about the upcoming episode mm-hmm. and, uh, I wasn't sure if you were sort of <laughs> dealing with any sort of, uh, like depression or emotional issues, but you're actually a very level headed individual. Uh, you know, you. you know exactly what you want. You're going after well, it. One of the, the perks of doing stand up is, is almost every comic goes to therapy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just kind of like take the nuggets that they share. <laughs> <laughs> and so I never really have to pay for it. I can just kind of like oh yeah that is good i like that i'll I'll use that in my life there you go that's a very uh that's a money saving technique right there just listen to comedians and you will get all the therapy you need brent uh i want to thank you very much for joining us thank you so much this is so great work on that book guys it's great (laughs) work on that book and uh if any of you have a chance to uh see brent on stage he is a very funny comedian and let's hope that you uh at least do it as a hobbyist for as long as possible yeah i appreciate it excellent and thank you all for listening uh thank you ethan and donna for uh uh, for being here and making yeah. sure things run smoothly. <laughs> uh, this is a good time to mention that we have an email address in case anybody wants to contact us, right? Is that a good time to do this? Uh, yeah, do it. Or should we have discussed this off mic? Uh, no. I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> 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 Improv. Uh, I told you guys. Right? Here. Yes. And uh, the uh, email address for the show is yeah. ryanhasapodcast at gmail.com. Email us your questions, your thoughts, your comments. If you want to yeah. be a guest, uh feedback please keep the death threats out of there uh we do not welcome those but uh hopefully we hear from you soon and again great day